Welcome to Woodland Church. Here is today's message. Before I get started this morning, I just want to, I know many of you don't know who I am and things. I just want to give, kind of give a context of who I am and um, me and Jeff's relationship. So uh, my name is General Lee Brown Jr. Yes, General is my first name. And I, I always uh, tell people, uh, like when I introduce myself, general, just like a military general, even on the phone, my wife always gets kind of upset. It's like, why do you always say that? I'm like, because, you know, people think it's Gerald or some people think like Gerara, you know, or I've had many different things uh, uh, come, come back at me. I've even been called El Presidente, okay? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I, I do that because then that, pe- that puts you in context like, oh, okay, he did say general. I, I didn't mis- 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 uh, hear him. Yes, and I'm a black guy named after a southern general. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. Um, but, um, when I, and, I, and I always like to add also that when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, there was plenty of drill instructors that loved to make a general do push-ups and things. So, <laughs> so I got pretty strong doing that. Um, Yes, yeah, so um, I am a troll transplant from Detroit, Michigan. I have been up here for 20 plus years and uh, probably heading to 30 years now. Uh, I've been married to my wonderful wife, uh, Tanya. Uh, used to be Gadavati, but now it's Tanya Brown. I, res- I-, I redeemed her from that name. <laughs> uh, spelling that was uh, really uh, challenging, right? G-H-A-N-A-V-A-T-I. So we went to real simple, Brown, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, but we've been married for, it'll be 25 years this year. And I like to remind, to tell people this just because I can. Our first wedding anniversary, she forgot it. <laughs> so we were, we were making plans with friends, and uh, she, she was trying to make some plans with friends, and she was like, uh, I said, no, we're not doing that. She said, why not? Well, why not? Why not? I was waiting for you. If you don't know, then I'm not telling you. <laughs> That's right. You know, so... <laughs> She would have done the same to me, so. Uh, but I've been here for over 25 years. We've been married uh, in, de- in December. Um, I minister uh, over at New Life Church uh, primarily, um, and that's where I met Jeff many years ago. And Jeff was, was one of those guys that was, that was at church all the time, and then all of a sudden he was not. It was, like, it was almost like he was uh, Enoch, you know. <laughs> Jeff was there and then he was not, you know. Uh, then many years later, he came back to New Life Church, and he had about, it seemed like, 40 kids with him. It was like, what in the world? And, and, and he had been ministering in, I believe it was Wisconsin, and they were up here uh, camping and things. And, so, and it was uh, really good to see him. And so we reconnected uh, from, from that standpoint. So, and so I've been at New Life Church for many years, like I said. Uh, and um, we have went from the nursery, me and my wife, to the middle school kids, and if you ever get a chance to uh, teach middle school kids, do it. Bring a helmet, but do it. <laughs> because they are, they, are, uh, very, they are very energetic and they're very uh, uh, curious um, in, in their disposition, just naturally and things. So. But um, that's who I am. I, uh, I currently uh, work at, even though I do minister at New Life Church, uh, New Life Church uh, Pastor Lou Ellen Pazala is our senior pastor. Okay, so I'm not a senior pastor there uh, at all, but um, uh, I do uh, work for Cleveland Cliffs in the research division, so in the research department. So, but I think that's enough of me right now. I just want to bring you a word, share, share a word that I feel like the Lord um, has for us this morning. But before, I just want to pray a blessing over, uh, over Jeff 
Uh, and Father, I just lift up Jeff and his family to you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I just ask that you would just touch he and his family, Lord, that you would be a hedge of protection around him, Father. That, Lord, your hand of healing would be upon him, Lord. That, Lord, you would raise him up, Lord, from this sickness, Lord. We rebuke it right now together as a body of Christ, and we say you can go no further, and we say release him right now in Jesus' name. Father, pour out the healing balm of Gilead upon him, we pray, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Bring him back better than ever before. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know if any of you have heard of a, of a man, a gentleman by the name of Les Brown. No relation. He's an American DJ, a politician, a motivational speaker, and an author. If you were to book Les Brown to speak, it would cost you anywhere from thirty dollars to $50,000 just to host this event. What's interesting is that not only was Les Brown adopted, but he was also labeled uneducable and mentally retarded. It wasn't until he was in high school that he was, that, that, that a substitute teacher that he had told him, look here, I want you to go to the chalkboard and I want you to write what I tell you. He informed the substitute teacher, I cannot do that. And like most substitute teachers, what do you mean you can't do that? I just told you to go to the chalkboard and write what I said. He said, I cannot do that. He said, why can't you? He said, don't you know? Do, don't I know what? He said, I am uneducable and mentally retarded. The substitute teacher looked at him and said, who told you that? Who told you that, young man? It was, obvi it was an obvious rhetorical question. Because what he went on to tell Les would forever change his life. He said, young man, don't you, don't you ever allow anyone else to label you. Do not allow anyone else to label you. I wonder how many people here today have had their lives and dreams shipwrecked because of labels that they have toiled and labored under. The title of my message this morning is Consumed by Labels. Consumed by Labels. The one thing I could have said about labels, I say consume because sometimes consuming, when you, when you, you ingest something. So consuming, you are accepting it. You are accepting it to yourself. When I was coming into the Lord, I had my, my times where, you know, uh, you, you say the prayer of faith, you say the prayer of faith, and you, then you go out and you, li you live in sin. Say the prayer of faith, you all live in sin. You say the prayer of faith, look, you know, that's not an uncommon practice for many of us. But I remember when I, when I got serious about this thing called Christianity, the Lord said to me, I do not want you to identify with your race. I'm going to say that again. He said, I do not want you identifying with your race. And I, and, and I understood what he was saying. Because when we, the things that we identify with have a way of controlling us. The things that we identify with, the things that we accept, have a way of directing our path for our lives. And oftentimes those paths can lead us down 
avenues that is taking us away from the destiny that God has planned for us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. See, I, I no longer belong to myself. I no longer belong to this world. I belong to Jesus Christ. I am a citizen of heaven. If you have accepted Jesus Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior today, you are not just anyone. You are a citizen of heaven. You have a home in a heavenly kingdom. You are now an ambassador for Christ. We represent heaven and heaven's authority. And this is what God was telling me. So I accepted that. One of the primary ways the devil tries to influence our lives is to place labels upon us. See, many times we, we're so comfortable with the natural world that we live in that we forget that there is a supernatural world that we don't see. There is a spiritual world that is out there. See, you're either in the kingdom of light and righteousness or you're in the kingdom of darkness. You're going to be influenced by one or the other. And God has given us his word. He's given us his holy word, the Bible, one thing I love about the Bible is this, is that we serve a dramatic God. He's not just a holy God. He's not just a loving God, but he is a dramatic God. You think about what you used to be. And because of now of this word that you have accepted, what he's made you into. For some of us, it's coming out of drug addiction, alcoholism, it's coming out of sexual addiction, all kinds of addiction, it's coming out of all kinds of mental depravity. Maybe you can't even get a, get, get, get a, 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 a thought straight in your mind and God has now come in and he has become the prince of peace over you. And he's giving you that stability. I like to say he is my stability in unstable times because that's what he wants to be. That is what he does. We serve a dramatic God. We just sang a song about he split the seas so we can walk right through it. If that's not dramatic, I don't know what is. He is a dramatic God. He is a loving God. He is a God that wants to show himself strong for those whose hearts are perfect towards him. Let us turn our eyes to him. Let, it, let us have his label upon us. Let us remember the labels that he places upon us. 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, walks about around as a roaring lion, seeking whomever he may devour. So we have an enemy out there that's in the spiritual realm that's looking to devour us. And the other thing is this. He doesn't play fair. He does not play fair. And one of the primary ways the devil tries to influence our lives is through the avenue of labels. Labels. I think about a suitcase. I know I used to watch the Bugs Bunny cartoons and they would have this, this suitcase and, and on that suitcase would be stickers 
And, on, and, and those stickers would, would say uh, New York, Paris, France, all, Route 66. And all those labels that we put, we put on those suitcases, we become so consumed by it. Sometimes we treat our lives like that. We are so consumed with the labels that we want or, or that the labels that we place upon ourselves or others place on us that we forget about the purpose of the case. See, these, this meat suit that we wear, we, that we call flesh, we're going we're we're to be resurrected to a glorified body one day. We're all going to shed this. But we must always remember what's the important part is what's inside because we have this treasure, the Holy Spirit, the presence of Christ living in us and wants to live through us. And sometimes we can get so many labels upon our lives plastered all over us that we forget that. Because we want to be accepted by the world we want to be accepted by the family. We, 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 we want, because you know what, we think that's going to make us feel good. Sometimes as a Christian, it's uncomfortable. Sometimes as a Christian, it's uncomfortable. And God calls us into uncomfortable situations. And he says to us, take courage. In other words, take courage. See, we have to remember that courage is not the absence of fear, but the conquering of that fear. Sometimes we have to make a stand and say, no, devil, you will go no further. Sometimes we have to take a stand and we have to tell people, no, I know what you said about me and I'm not going to accept that label. One of, my, one of my sayings that I say a lot is this, look here, that's a you thing, not a me, we thing. We're not going to make it a, uh, that's a you thing, not a me thing. We're not going to make it a we thing. Just because you want to do that, just because you, you think that way, doesn't mean I have to, to think and do things that way. And we have to move on with Christ. So sometimes we become more concerned about satisfying the conditions of the label than the word of God. This morning I'm going to be speaking primarily out of 1 Samuel Chapter 17, if, if you want to follow there. And I'm going to read uh, 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to start at verse 22. It's a, a familiar story about David and Goliath. At, the, at this time, David is going, his father, Jesse, has sent him down to check on the battle, see how the battle is going, and to see how his brothers are getting along. And the battle lines are drawn up for the Philistines and for the, the Israelites. And David is, has arrived there. And he leaves his things with, with uh, the, the keeper of the baggage for the army. And I'm going to start at 22 and read through uh, verse uh, 29, I think it is. Yep. Says, and David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he, as he talked with them, behold, the champion Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before, and David heard him. 
All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the men who stood by him, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the re this reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the, in the same way. So shall it be done to the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the man. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, why have you come down and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? I'm going to stop there. This morning, I want to give you two ways the enemy tries to label you. Now, we know that there are positive labels and then there are negative labels. See, each one of us have a destiny. God is trying to get us into a destiny. God is trying to get us into a call. Jeremiah tells us that before you were born, I knew you. I consecrated you. That word consecrated means I set you apart. I set you apart, Jeremiah, for a particular purpose. You know what? Before you and I were born, God knew us. And when he sent us into this world, he set us apart. He consecrated us for a particular purpose. There is a destiny and a purpose that God has for you to get to. And we will not fulfill that purpose outside of God. The number one way, first way that, that the enemy tr uh, tries to label you is through words. Through words. Now, Listen to what happened when he, when he, when he met, met his brother Eliab. His brother Eliab was angry at David. And we say, why was Eliab angry at David? It's because Eliab was jealous of David. Why was Eliab jealous of David? In order to find out what, why Eliab was jealous of David, we have to go back to chapter 16. You don't have to go there, I'll just tell you about it. Because that's when Prophet Samuel shows up and, 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 and he tells the house of Jesse, look here. One of your children will be the next king. And soon as Samuel took one look at Eliab, he said, surely this is the Lord's anointed. He was getting ready to pour the oil on his head and everything. And the Lord said, stop. Do not do it, for I have rejected him. For I do not judge as men judge, but I look upon the heart. And he went through all, all, all of David's brothers, and then, but, but David wasn't there. He was out in the, out in the field tending, tending, tending the sheep. And when David came in, he said, oh, yes, now this is the one the Lord has chosen. He anointed him. So Eliab has had a grievance with David for, for quite some time now. Listen to how his brother greets him. He says, why have you come down, and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart. You've come down just to see the battle. Now, Eliab just accused David of being irresponsible. He accused him of being prideful, arrogant, and disrespectful. Those are some labels. David could have, 
could have grabbed on any one of those labels. Can, can you imagine an older brother scolding a younger brother and that younger brother taking that to heart and couldn't turn around? I just wanted to play. And he crushes him. But Dave, and we know that this has been an ongoing thing. Why? Because David says, what have I done now? That was David's response. What have I done now? Was it not but a word? But then David turns around and he walks away from him. We should not be surprised by this because in Matthew 10, 36, Jesus speaking says, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. A man's enemies will be those of his own household. Sometimes we have people within our own house that, that you know, we as parents, we love our kids, but sometimes we can be cruel. Sometimes we as brothers and sisters, we love our, our, our little brothers and sisters or our older brothers, but sometimes we can be cruel and we can throw labels on them and we can um, just destroy their, their attitude and their hearts because of the wounds that the words that we say cause. But David walked away. David kept going because David did not, he did not swing at the pitch that was thrown at him. Sometimes the best thing to do when we are faced with these things is just to simply walk away. The second way the enemy puts labels on us is by our associations. By our associations. Father, give us eyes to see and hear this morning what your word says. When Saul gets word of what David, of the plans of David, he wants to see David. And Saul sees an opportunity. See, we have to understand the, the character of Saul. See, Saul was not a friend of David. So what Saul was, what this character Saul, what this king Saul was, he was a compromised king who was not submitted to the king of Israel, Jesus. He was not submitted to the God of Israel, rather. So he is looking for a scapegoat. So right now, Israel and the Philistines are in battle array against one another. Nobody is moving one way or the other. Now the king could go out and face David, I mean, could go out and face Goliath, but he doesn't. He could send one of his soldiers out to face Goliath, but he doesn't. But Saul is a depressed and repressed man at this point. And when he hears that David has come, we're going to go to uh, chapter 17 once again, verse 38. Um, through 39. I'm going to read that. So he's looking for a scapegoat. Because if David wins this battle, then he looks good and he gets to, he gets to remain king. If David loses this battle, then he can say, well, you know what? The God of Israel did not show up. It's not my fault. So this is a win-win situation for King Saul. So what Saul does is he then Clothes David, verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his armor. 
He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor, and he tried in vain to go, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he, and he approached the Philistine. Now, I would like to know. How many of us would feel comfortable with David going out, an unproven warrior? The Bible tells us that, that the, this Philistine of Gath, he was a warrior, a man of war since his youth. David, even though he has fought the lion and he has fought the bear, is going to go and fight this giant. And what is on the line? Servitude is on the line. If the Philistine beats David, then the Israelites are going to serve the Philistines. If David beats the Philistines, then the Philistines will be in servitude to Israel. How many of us would be willing to allow an unarmed youth to go out and defend something so great, with something so great on the line? If, we, if you really sit back and think about it. But... Saul was willing to allow David to go forth unarmed. It says he took off the armor. He took off those things because they were too cumbersome. He said, I cannot go forth with these for I have not tested them. But we know that God was working in the situation. But it still says something that Saul did not try to interfere. Because Saul had his own intentions. He wanted to dress David up to make him look as though he was a man of war. He wanted to make him, make him look like he was associated with the army. Sometimes the enemy will allow you or, or get you to tie yourself with something that you are, are not to be associated with. The word of God says, come out and be ye separate. Because once you start tying ourselves to different uh, things, ideas, organizations, people, whatever it may be. If they are in sin against God, then the same wrath that they're going to go under that we place ourselves under. We may find ourselves swept away. For instance, if the ship is going down, the Titanic is going down and you're on board. Guess what? We're all going down. If there's a hole in the ship and you're on board, we're going down. That's just the facts. The Bible tells us that we are to test the spirits. Test the spirits to see whether or not they are of God. Test. So in other words, we need to test people. We need to test people. We need, and how do we test people? By the word of God. We need to meditate in the word of God. We need to know, okay, is this person's life right with God? Is this, is this, person, is this, is this an organization that I need to be associated with? Is this a person that I need to be associated with? Amen? So he, he labels us with words. He also labels us by associations. 
So what are you associated with? I remember when I was uh, a youth, teenager, <laughs> running around with different crowds. And it, and it was one, one, one kid did something wrong, broke a window and things. But guess what? Who are all the ones that always hang out together? All of you get lined up. All of you, all of you get in trouble. Even if you weren't there that day, the hammer came down on you also. So labels come in words and come in, in associations also. But, but understand this, when the enemy is unsuccessful in labeling you, he resorts in his tactics, his old familiar tactics, fear, intimidation, and threats. Fear, intimidation, and threats. So what is our response? How do we respond? 1 Samuel 17, verse 44 through 47. The Philistines said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistines, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied this day. The Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut off your head and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. So what is our response? We have to speak. Many times we want to quietly fight the devil. Let me give you a nugget this morning. Let me give you a nugget. The devil cannot read your mind. What he is expert at doing is placing thoughts in your mind and getting you to accept the thoughts that he places in your mind by repeating them to you constantly. You're not smart, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're, 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 you're uneducated, you're not worthy. He repeats these things over and over again until they become a part of our psyche, until we start accepting these labels. And what we have to do is we need to start speaking out loud to the devil in response. We need to start saying things like this. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. I have the mind of Christ. I do not receive that. You are a defeated foe. God has already defeated you on the cross. The blood of Jesus is against you. The blood of Jesus speaks a better word, speaks a, speaks a stronger word, gives me better promises. I am whole. I am healthy. I am healed. I am delivered. You have no authority over me in the name of Jesus. We need to start answering the devil with what the word of God says about us. Because you are blessed and highly favored. You are a holy priesthood. We are a holy priesthood. We have a divine destiny. We are ambassadors of Christ that he has called us into. We are the salt and the light of the world. The salt is a preservative. See, we live in a lost and dying world, a world that is decaying. And God placed you and I smack dead in the middle of it and says, OK, now I want you to start saving it. I want you to start sprinkling some over here. I want you to start sprinkling some salt over there. I want you to allow your voice to be heard in this earth. We can't be. I hope he stops. 
Sometimes we, we've bought into the idea that if we don't bother the devil, the devil's not going to bother me. If, we don't, if I don't attack the devil, then the devil's going to leave me alone. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell itself. Because the devil knows that when the sons and daughters of God begins to speak God's word, when we begin to prophesy our future, because when we speak God's word, when we start declaring that who we are and what God has called us to be and what he's called us to do, you know what we're doing? We're actually prophesying into the future of what we're going to be. No, I may not be there yet, but guess what? I'm going to get there in the name of Jesus. I may not have all wisdom right now on this situation, but in the name of Jesus, I can do all things through Christ who is my strength, who gives me strength. He is the lover of my soul. I am his child. I am a child of God. We just sang it just one. I am a child of God. That means I am somebody that's going somewhere. I have the heavenly kingdom living in me, flowing through me. Sometimes, we, sometimes people need to know who you are. I was in a grocery store. I got a little excited one day. I don't know if people can tell that I'm, I'm kind of excitable sometimes. But I was checking out in um, Econo Foods and just a normal conversation. And the young lady said, how are you doing? I said, I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. I'm filled with the glory of God. She said, wow. We don't normally get them as lively as you in here. Now, that could be embarrassing to some people. You know, and I know that that's, that's just my personality. That's just the way I come off. I don't care. You know what? That, I'm, I'm a dead man walking. I'm a dead man walking. What have I got to lose? But you know what? That person, they, it wasn't about getting her saved or anything like that. It was about making an impression. And it cost me nothing. It cost me nothing. So we have to give voice. The word of God says in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 5 through 6. Do we have that on the, on the screen? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or, or, or not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Do you know that you have powerful prayers? Even that, sometimes we groan and travail. Mm -mm. Mm, Lord. Sometimes you ain't, God said, I got it. I heard it. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We have angels around us. We have God's word that goes before us. Wow, they're, they're not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And we take every cap, thought captive and bring it to the obedience of Christ. He said we take every thought captive, every thought captive, captive every thought captive so when I see something you know when, when, I, when I see something and I see a kid spray painting on the wall I, that's a thought I'm like okay the first thought coming up boy does somebody need to whoop that kid mm -mm -mm. the reason Hong Kong he became 
But instead of doing that, what we need to do is we need to take that thought captive and we, we need to say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I remit that sin of that child right now. I'm going to go over there and I'm going I'm to talk to him and tell him to put that spray can down. And, and, and Lord, if you want me to lead him to you, we're going to do that. But I remit his sins. When we remit people's sins, what we do is we give people an opportunity to be visited by God to lift that burden and that weight of sin from them. So that way it does not attach We have to speak God's word, give voice to God's word, get used to speaking, get used to even reading the scriptures out loud. But one thing that David did, he spent much time with the Lord. He spent much time with the Lord. See, the more time you spend with sin and sinful people, you know what? The easier it is to sin. The more you justify it, the more like, ah, it's not bad. No little cocaine little drugs here. That's okay. Little extramarital affair. That's all right. Tommy does it. It becomes easier to accept. The more time you spend with God, the more those things become a stench in your nostrils. The more time you spend with God, the more it'd be like, I don't want to do that. I don't desire to do that. Why would I do that? I, I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. I don't accept that thought. And when we take thoughts captive, we examine it, we throw it down, and we think on the scripture. And that's what we have to do. The last thing I will say this morning is this. Just as David went into the river, he grabbed five smooth stones. Let us grab five smooth stones also. Let us grab a stone of righteousness. I'm righteous not because of me or anything that I've done, but because of Christ and everything he has done for me. Let us grab a stone of truth that we will have understanding of what is true and what is right according to God's word, not according to what some man has said, but according to what God's word has said. Let us grab a smooth stone of peace and allow Jesus to bring, who is the Prince of Peace, to bring peace to our emotions and our attitudes. Because sometimes we, have a, we can get so frazzled and we need that peace. And we need to grab a smooth stone of joy so that we can celebrate his presence and rejoice in his word. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And patience. Patience through the trials and the difficulties. Because whatever come, whatever, I like, I'm an imaginative person. So I like, I like to imagine my life, this is a circle. I'm a circle. Or I'm, I'm standing in the middle of a circle. Whatever comes into that circle, God is not surprised about what comes in that circle. And if it is allowed in that circle, maybe it's because I, I have opened my, my life up to sin or whatever. But no matter what, I am to deal with it. And if it comes in, I can kick it out. I kick it out in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. We can tell those things to go, you know, 1 John 1, 9 says that God is faithful and just that if we commit any sins, that he is faithful and just to cleanse us, to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. From all unrighteousness, he cleanses us. So I'm going to pray this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to speak to your, your people this morning. I thank you, Lord, for open and receptive hearts, 
Father. Lord, I pray your word have found lodging in, in their hearts, in their minds, Father, this morning. Father, if we have labored under labels that have cost us our destiny and have caused us to be um, not shipwrecked, Lord, but um, detoured, help us to get back in path in the right way, Father. Lord, touch our minds, touch our hearts, Father. We receive your word this day. Cleanse us, Lord, from any unrighteousness, Father. Lord, I just remit any sins that may be outstanding in this house right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I ask you to bless your people. And Father, may we walk in the label of ambassador of Christ, child of God, deliverer, and soldier. In Jesus' name. Amen.